Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> All right. You know, it's an honor to be here and just... Um, as much as he likes to tell that story about me coming and hiding at his house, you know there were a lot of there were a lot of times that through all of the spirit of the living God, things that I would end up in his office crying. That every moment of her life, and I remember, you know, if it was one time or several times, he just kept looking at me saying, you know, one and One cause day, this family to be blessed someone, because of her life. And this week is 16 years for us. And uh, married right here, like, probably like right here. <laughs> and, uh, you shall hear my so voice clearly, uh, says the Lord. It's been great. You will understand He's, my I'm ways. Actually, You'll him, bring said, gladness he asked me this week, in the hearts of those that are confused and lost. Actually, I think I might be more nervous because this is actually the first time I've preached in front of him. Never even heard because of, whenever he's out of town, I, I fill the pulpit. And then, or if, now, Heavenly Father, uh, if we thank you for this. We dedicate this child to you for the I glory that, of God. He's never in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So anyway, he put the pressure to me this morning. Can I give you a hug? And I feel really short behind this. But that's okay. But uh, it's good to be here. Uh, things have been going. Go ahead and turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 13, right. and I'll well, just give you a let's quick give them a nice round update. of applause. You guys we have. Head down. Um, let's have you go out to the lobby so you can greet people, uh, and we're going to close in prayer. And, let's all stand uh, to our feet. Collingwood is a tourist area, so we have. Uh, almost every weekend, we're like a guest minister in our own church because we have people coming in uh, up from the city, up from Toronto. They'll come up and spend uh, the weekend, and they're usually the ones that we try to avoid, all the tourists in the area. Uh, there are names for them, but we won't mention them in church. Uh, <laughs> all the young people. Uh, Collingwood is adjacent to a city called Wasaga Beach, which has the longest freshwater beach in the world. And so all of the young people come up on the weekends. And it's, there's like six different beaches, and it's beautiful, and uh, they can get kind of crazy. But uh, uh, it's an honor to be able to minister there. And uh, I usually have, uh, after the first couple times I ministered, they, we had, there's a, there's a couple in the church that's been in this church for about 30 years, and he sits on the front row. And, and after a little bit, he, after a couple times, he said, you know, you really, you really could slow down just a little bit, you know? And I said, really? He says, yeah. I said, so whenever, whenever I minister, he's on the front row, and if I'm going too fast, he kind of goes like this, you know, or gives me a signal. And then he and his wife were out to dinner, and he goes, I, I, and he saw this coffee cup, and he says, I have to get this for her. And it just says, life is short, talk fast. So <laughs> I keep that on my desk at work. But uh, anyway, it's just, so Tony's not here, so if at any time I'm talking fast, just, I don't know, get the tape. <laughs> But things have been going really well. You know, we've, in our church uh, back in Collingwood, we've been having, just experiencing a really mighty move of the Spirit of God. Uh, a little over a year ago or so, I believe it was, uh, the Lord just really laid it on Matthew's heart that we needed to just put our emphasis on prayer. 
And so we began, we did several series on prayer and, and things that way, and then we'd have prayer meetings on a weekly basis. On, at, at our midweek service, we would have them. And uh, the, um, uh, you know, sometimes it's almost like when, when you go out in the cold and you're trying to start your car, and it's like... <laughs> And it's just trying to kind of get everybody going, and we're finally we finally hit a place where where uh, we can come into we can come into a prayer meeting, and and uh, I'm sure you guys understand this. That sometimes when you're beginning to pray with people, um, it's almost like you ha like you're trying to start that car, and it's just kind of slow going because they got to kind of let go of everything. But I was so I was so honored and blessed my socks off that uh, I don't usually get to come to the prayer meetings because our children have uh, karate or gymnastics or soccer during the summer and uh, so I usually miss most of the midweeks but uh, uh, the once a month we have a Sunday night of worship and I lead that and uh, it was it was amazing and awesome and very very much a blessing to me when we came in and I said okay let's just stand and lift up our hands and begin to give thanks to the Lord and and I played the first note and it's like we were here and we just jumped way up here and I was just like whoa I was just, I was you know I mean I know things have been happening things have been happening just individual to, individually to people they've been being blessed being delivered uh, of some things and healings happening and uh, but just as, you know, just as a worship leader sometimes, I remember the first time you guys were out of town or something and uh, to Branson or something and you'd asked me to, to lead. And I, th I, got up here, I thought, man, these, the faces, they're kind of scary. So you just kind of have to look up. So if you ever see your worship leaders looking up, <laughs> check your face. Because um, <laughs> you can be scary sometimes. <laughs> I can say that because I'm leaving tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> But uh, anyway, but uh, no, it's, it's just been really awesome and a blessing. And um, yeah, that's all I'll say. So anyway, which one of these is mine? The cold one, the warm one, the left one. Awesome. Thank you. Okay, Hebrews chapter 13. <laughs> I want to talk today about the power and the purpose of giving thanks. And you might say, oh, yeah, well, we know that we're supposed to be grateful in everything and say please and thank yous when, we, when we're growing up as children and we, uh, our parents, you know, drill it into us. But I want to talk about the power and the purpose of giving thanks and, and what the blessing is along in that. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, Hebrews 13, 15, these verses, this is in the, uh, not, what's the E? English Standard Version, not the Canadian Standard Version. <laughs> we don't have one yet. But in the ESV, uh, Hebrews 13, 15 says, Through him, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. You know, the book of Hebrews talks a lot about Jesus Christ. It talks a lot about Jesus and how he is the perfect sacrifice for us. Uh, you know, his blood was shed to redeem us. His blood was shed to deliver us. His blood was, was shed to bring blessing into our lives. So Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. There is no other sacrifice that's needed. Amen? There just isn't. And so to every, to every situation, to everything, there's a God side and there's a man side to things. And on the God side, Jesus was the perfect sacrifice for us. Now we're going to talk about what our side is. Our part is in this verse, it says, through him 
who was the perfect sacrifice. Our part is to offer the sacrifice of praise to God. It's to offer the sacrifice of praise to God. I'm sure that you've had times when you've come to church and you're like, man, it really is a sacrifice to praise God because I'm so tired or I'm so worn out or this is going on or whatever it is. And, uh, uh, but he says our part is to offer the sacrifice of praise to God. And how often does he say to do it? It says continually. Continually we ought to offer the sacrifice of praise to God. And we do that by the fruit of our lips giving thanks the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Okay, so we can see what Jesus has done for us. We can see the sacrifice that he has, that he has done. Our part is to continually offer that sacrifice of praise. In other words, our sacrifice of praise, when we open our mouths and we begin to give praise and thanksgiving to the Lord, our sacrifice connects us to his sacrifice. Our sacrifice connects us uh, to the sacrifice of Jesus. And when we give thanks and when we give praise to the Lord for his blood, for redeeming us, for saving us, whatever it is, uh, our sacrifice, the words that we're speaking, our thanksgiving, our praise connects us to the very sacrifice that he made for us. And that's why it's so important to develop a continual lifestyle of thanksgiving to God uh, and, and to his name. You know, when he says to give thanks to his name, when the Bible speaks of giving thanks to his name, the phrase is there is giving thanks. It's the same word as confession. Or in other, uh, in other versions, it might say your profession. In Hebrews, you don't have to turn here, but in Hebrews 3, chapter 1, it says, Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession, or some versions will say profession. In Hebrews 4.14, it says that since, we, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession or our profession, whatever it is that your version says. And then in, and then in Hebrews 10, chapter 20, or 10, verse 23, it says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope, or some, some translations may say, hold fast to the confession of our faith without wavering, for he who promised is faithful, or he is faithful who promised. You know, Jesus has redeemed us. Jesus has provided the perfect sacrifice for us. Our part is to hold on to that and is to hold on to that confession. And, uh, you know, over uh, in Romans 10, 9, and 10, I remember learning in children's church here that, uh, you know, you'd learn the Romans road. It was a 323, 623, 9, and 10, and I think there might be one other one. I might have forgot that one. But uh, over in Romans 10, 9, and 10, this is, it's, it's, a, it's a famous, I don't want to say famous, it's a, it's a very well-known scripture. And he says, uh, if you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it's with the mouth that confession is made unto salvation and it's the, with the heart that, you're, that one believes and is justified. Amen. Your confession of what God has done for you, your confession of your belief in him and who he is precedes your salvation. You have to say something before you're saved. Isn't that right? You have to believe something before you're saved. And, uh, and it's that way in every situation with God. You're going to need to open our, we're going to need to open our mouths and say something. 
First Timothy 6.12 uh, says, uh, says this. The first word in that verse is to fight the good fight of faith. You know, in this world today, I remember, you know, uh, we have a lady in our church who uh, owns the Domino's Pizza in town. And so me having had worked at Godfathers and stuff, it's kind of a playground for me, you know. And so I tell her, you know, whenever you need somebody, you just let me know. I'll come and I'll come and help out. And she's like, okay. So for the month of July, she had a lot of staff that they were all gone uh, on the weekends and she needed extra help on Fridays and Saturdays. And so uh, for Fridays and Saturdays, I got to go and play. <laughs> And it's fun for me. I don't know why. It's just maybe it's twisted. I don't know. Um, but uh, it's fun. And uh, so um, I remember this guy, he came in and, and uh, he was saying hello to someone else. And they said, hey, man, how's it going? He goes, oh, I'm just living the dream. Living the dream. Have you ever heard someone say that? Living the dream. What is the dream? They're broke. <laughs> They're struggling. They're sick. Like, how is that the dream, you know? But on the Christian side, in Christianese, sometimes we're like, well, I'm fighting the good fight of faith. I got all this stuff going on, but I'm fighting the good fight of faith. That's our Christianese, too, and I'm living the dream, when really the dream is more like a nightmare. But uh, in this verse, it says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. You know, uh, there's a lot of different kinds of fighting that can happen. And I think probably one of the worst things, one of the worst ways to fight, there's, there's physical violence, whatever else, but I think probably one of the most hurtful ones is our words with our mouths. Whoever said sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me, lied. <laughs> we all know that they were liars. <laughs> it was probably the devil. Um, you know, fight the good fight of faith. You can do more damage to someone with your words than you ever can and you ever can do with your, with your hands. With your, with your physical body. And so I want you to just, just for fun, just look at the person who's next to you and look at them and say, you are not my enemy. Did you know that if you can hug someone, they are not your enemy? <laughs> there was a, there was a, a situation that, that, that came up in, in our church recently with a young man and uh, I was talking to his mom afterwards, and she goes, you guys are just going to want us to leave the church after this, aren't you? Because we're just like troublemakers. <laughs> and I said, no. I said, I said, you need to understand. I said, what we recognize, I said, you're not my enemy. I said, your son isn't my enemy. The enemy, the devil, is my enemy. And we both need to stand together to fight against this. You know, too many times we look at someone who makes us mad and think, well, or they say something, whatever it is, and, oh, they're the enemy. And you might not say that with your words, but you will with your actions and you will with your heart. If you can hug them, they aren't your enemy. Okay? Even if they're your children, they are not your enemy. <laughs> so 1 Timothy 6.12 says we fight the good fight of faith. And then it says take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. How do we fight the good fight of faith? By taking hold and holding on to our confession. Holding on to our confession of faith. You know, sometimes people look at confession and they think of it in a negative light. You know, uh, well, you have to confess your sins. That means you did something wrong. Confession, they look at it, 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 it as a bad thing. Confession just means to say the same thing. 
to say the same thing. When you're confessing what the Word of God says about you, who the Bible says that you are, you know, with our children, uh, whenever we start our Bible time, they, they have this confession that they say where they hold up their Bibles and they say, this is my Bible. I am who, I am who God, wait, I just messed it up. Aiden. This is my Bible. The Bible is God speaking to me. I am who the Bible says I am. I have what the Bible says I have, and I can do what the Bible says I can do. And they have this confession that, that, that they say over, over them. Confession just means to say the same thing. That's it. When you're confessing and you're speaking the word of God over yourself, you're just aligning your mouth and your heart with what the Bible already says is true. And uh, in Hebrews 13, 15, when it, when it uses that word confession, when it says, through him then let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise, that is the fruit of our lips that acknowledge that or giving thanks to his name. That confession, when we're offering a sacrifice of praise, that confession is just giving thanks to his name. So if you and I are going to win this fight of faith, our confession has to be what the Bible says it is. It needs to be filled with thanksgiving and praise because like we said, when you begin to thank God, that sacrifice, the fruit of your lips giving thanks connects you to the sacrifice that Jesus has already made for us. And it'll connect you to your blessing. Amen? So, uh, you know, in the face of, in the face of uh, difficulties or storms or trials or whatever else that it is, we need to learn to just begin to lift our hands and lift our voice and just begin to thank God. Now, do you thank God for the trial? I don't think so. He didn't bring it. He may have allowed it, but he didn't bring those trials. If you look at Joseph's life, when Joseph, Joseph had a hard, tough life. All right, there's many, there's many in the Bible. They had a hard life. But you know what? Joseph found reasons, and Joseph found ways to grow himself through those trials. It's in those trials, and it's in those things, when the, those tough times that we go through that, um, that, uh, that, we're, that we're tested, that we're able to be stronger because we're able to see and begin to give thanks, and we're, begin, we're able to lean on him and to trust in him more deeply. Amen? In the face of failure and difficulty, you lift your voice and you begin to give thanks that he is your redeemer, that he is your provider, that he is your healer. No matter what it is, you're holding fast to that profession of faith. Now, you know, I don't know how it is in this day and age, but, uh, you know, it used to be that if someone, if you were walking along the street and someone tried to come and grab your purse from you, you'd hold on to it really tight. You had, maybe you had your wallet, your identification, whatever else that was in that, and you would hold on to it really tight, and, uh, and then eventually they'd run off. These days, I don't know if we just give it up easier and just go, okay, here you go. But you know what, in the, in, in, in the spirit realm, I think we do that a little too much. The devil comes and says, okay, here you go, drops a little present on our doorstep, and we just go, oh, okay, you can, okay. And we just take a step back, and we just let him take it. Jesus didn't die this perfect, he didn't live this perfect life and offer the perfect sacrifice for us to just hand the keys back over to the enemy whenever a test or a trial comes. Amen? Uh, there's, you know, we, we need to, he wouldn't have said in the Bible, hold fast to your confession if it wasn't important. And he wouldn't have told us to hold fast to, the, to our confession of faith if, if, there, if he didn't know that there was going to be the opportunity for us to get, you know, all caught up in our feelings and our emotions because <laughs> we all do it me too 
You know, there is, there is no such thing as unexpressed thanks. There isn't. There is no such thing. You can't sit here and say, oh, you know what, I'm just thanking God on the inside. There's no such thing as unexpressed thanks. There, it's, it's just not. You know, a lot of us think that we might be really thankful people. Oh, I'm really thankful. I'm really thankful. But we might not be as thankful as we ought to be. And, uh, or as we think we are. I heard someone say that a cure, for th- a cure for unthankfulness is that you just go without. Man, when my children are starting to get, I mean, I got to tell on them he's in the front row. And sorry, sorry, son. You're usually not, you're usually not even in the room when I do this. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, there are times when uh, in the past, you know, when Aiden, he might be playing like a, a, a game or something. And we come in and say, okay, it's time to stop. It's time to, to shut the game. But I don't want to shut the game. I don't want to. And we told him, we said, the way that you end the game will determine whether or not you get to play the game again another day whatever it is, you know, there, uh, when he begins, or when any of my children begin to act out with almost like a level of unthankfulness, they're not thankful for the stuff that they have, they're not grateful for what they already have, because they constantly want more and more and more, <laughs> as a mom, I just want to go, fine, I'm just taking it all away, and then we'll see how thankful you get, isn't that the truth, parents, the cure for unthankfulness is just take it away, get rid of it, do without, and, um, you know, uh, so we, you, you can, it's really easy to see a lot of unthankfulness in children because they're growing up and they're learning these things. But, you know, unthankfulness continues into adults. It continues into us. You know, we begin to complain because we have this sense of entitlement. Well, I was, I should have more. I deserve more. And we, be, we can, it's so easy to begin to, to get or become whatever the word is, whatever uh, unthankful, to, to, to be unthankful. You know, I remember uh, several years ago, back in 2006, I think it was, um, my husband took, uh, he led with a group, was it the first time you guys went? Did you guys go with One World Missions? Yeah. And uh, anyway, they went down to Peru, and we had three teens from our church in Sarnia at the time that went down. And, and I remember one of them coming back and saying, I said, what was the coolest part of the trip? And she said, it was, it was amazing to me. She said, you know, going into these little villages up and down the Amazon, uh, that uh, she said, these kids, they were so happy. She said, they didn't even have anything but a ball. But they were so happy. They were so content. It was so simple. You know, and, uh, you know, my daughter loves stuff. She loves stuffies. And she's, oh, mom, can I have this? Can I have this? Can I have this? And I've told her many times, I said, honey, I love you. I said, but stuff doesn't make you happy. I said, and she goes, yes, it does. I said, no, you know how I know? Because you're still asking for more. <laughs> and uh, I said, if, if I thought that this stuffy was going to be it, I would get it for you. But you know what? Next week, you're going to see another one that you want. And, uh, but, you know, a lot of times when you spend time in another country uh, that maybe they don't have quite as much. I heard about a minister once. He says he went over and uh, he, was, he was 17 years old and he had just gotten out of jail and his mom thought, well, I'm going to cure your unthankfulness and I'm going to send you to Africa for three months. <laughs> he says he went and they had, um, they, slept on, they slept on the ground. I, don't, I can't remember everything that he, that he said, but they slept on the ground. They had... Um, 
They had mud basically for breakfast. Um, you know, when you were trying to go to sleep, you were getting, I mean, some of you guys have been to Africa, Malawi and different things. That, yeah, I mean, you've seen these, the, these conditions. And, uh, and he tells the story and how, he, he, how here he is, he's 17 years old, and the pastor has asked him to speak to the, to the church. And he said, we go in there, and, and uh, um, he said they had their worshiper or what have you. He said, and the pastor just said, you know what, let's just begin to give thanks to the Lord. And he said, it was like a mighty roar coming out of there. He said, there might have been about a thousand people there. He said, but just the way that they began to pour out their thanksgiving to God and all that they had to thank him for was the fact that he had saved them and that they were going to heaven and that they, you know, they were just so grateful for this. They just continued to thank him for it over and over and over again. And, uh, and he said, here, and here I was over here praising God American style. <laughs> going, thank you, Lord. Lord, I just want to thank you for being good to me. And they're over here crying out to God and saying, God, I thank you. And just with this passion and whatever. And he goes, and I just kind of looked around me and, and uh, said, I just want to thank you again. <laughs> he said that the pastor had to get up at one point. He said the pastor would get up and he would ring a bell. So that the, and he had to ring it really, really, really loud uh, to, in order to get everyone to stop thanking the Lord so that they could go on with the service. And, so he, and then so he rang the bell, and they just all kept thanking the Lord, praising the Lord, lifting up their voice. And so he had to ring the bell again. <laughs> they were so thankful. They were so grateful for what God had done for them. And, 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 and they didn't have houses and cars and boats and anything else like the stuff that we have to be thankful for. They just knew and they believed and they had they were so in love with Jesus and what he had done for them. And um, he said, you know, he said how 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 we can live where we live in the homes that we live in, how we can eat the food that we eat, how we can drive the cars that we drive. Go to the churches, these beautiful buildings and be able to do it freely and not be thankful. Is, is just is just be is just astounding you know one of this one of the signs over in second Timothy if you want to look there you can second Timothy chapter 3 the signs uh, uh, of the last days says this in verse 1 it says but understand this that in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self lovers of money proud arrogant abusive disobedient to their parents ungrateful unholy heartless unappeasable slanderous without self-control brutal not loving good treacherous reckless swollen with conceit lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God having the appearance of godliness but denying its power and that says avoid such people <laughs> you know right there in the middle of it I think this is in the amplified version I don't know what version this is because when I saved it it just covered it up but it says this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come for men shall be lovers of their own selves covetous boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful is right smack dab in the middle of those things 
right in the middle of this whole list of sins. I mean, we might think, oh, yeah, we know we're coming to the end times because kids are being disobedient to their parents all the time. And they're just going, they're just going crazy. Right in the middle of it, it has unthankful in there. You know, unthankfulness is connected to being unholy. You know, you and I, because of what Jesus has done for us, should constantly give thanks to God. The fruit of our lips, giving thanks. You know, you can't thank God. Like we said, unexpressed, there's no such thing as unexpressed thankfulness. It's, it, 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 it doesn't exist. You can't thank God deep down in your heart. Uh, you're going to have to open your mouth. And when I say open your mouth, I don't mean just when you're in church. It's one thing, it is so, it can be so easy to lift up your voice when you're in church and lift up your hands and say, God, I thank you, I thank you, and just, and just give him praise when you're with other people. It's a lot harder when you're sitting at home by yourself and you've got a table full of bills or you have a doctor's report, tests, rep, test, uh, test results sitting in front of you. It can be harder to thank God at that, at that point. You know, unthankfulness comes from our own perspective of what we think we're entitled to. Well, I'm entitled to more. I ought to, I ought to get this. I should have gotten that. Unti unthankfulness comes from our perspective of what we're, we think we're entitled to or what everyone owes us. It comes from a perspective of not really realizing just how blessed we really are. You know, uh, we were talking this summer in Kid Nation, which is our children's program. We were talking, uh, we've taken the whole summer and we're talking about how to be led by the Spirit of God and teaching our children how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit for themselves and how to, uh, how to recognize His voice and those things because they're going to, I mean, they're going to be heading back to school this fall as well, but they're going to continue to grow up in, in a world that's very different than even what I grew up in. And, uh, you know, I need, I just at the beginning of the summer said, we need, I need these kids to know that they know that they know what the voice of the Holy Spirit sounds like. How to follow the voice of God for themselves. And, uh, you know, we told, we, t we told the story of, um, I don't remember where it was, but uh, over in, uh, in another country uh, where you're not allowed to meet in a public place on a regular basis. They have to change the location of their church service every single week. And uh, they will have people, the government will put people in their church services when they find one, or they'll put people in these groups that they think that they're Christians uh, to, to try to infiltrate their group and find out where are they going to meet next. Because, you know, then they can report them and the government can come and they'll all be arrested and who knows what will happen next. So you know what they do? Every single week they have to pray and ask God, where are we going to have church? Every single week. They have to know that they know. And that's how they know whether or not somebody was a spy or not. Because if you were born again, spirit-filled believer, you have the Holy Spirit on the inside, they're going to see you at church the next week. We don't have to do that. You get to know that when it's time for church, you know where you're coming. Amen? We don't, we don't, we don't have that. We don't have to do those, uh, we don't have those sorts of things. You know, in the book of Romans, uh, Romans chapter 16, Paul, you know, begins uh, by talking about, I'm not going to read through it, but if you look through just the first, the first portion of Romans 16, you know, Paul is giving thanks, but you know what? He wasn't just thankful to God. I don't think I've ever seen in, in anywhere in the Bible where Paul was thankful for his donkey. He wasn't. 
You know what he was most thankful for in this chapter? For people. He, he talks about, he, he's thankful for Phoebe, Priscilla, and Aquila. I'm not going to try to pronounce the rest of these names. But if you go through there, he was thankful. In the, in the, in the entire chapter, he lists people that he was thankful for. You know, people are the only ones that you're going to get to take to heaven. You're not going to get to take your car. You're not going to get to take your whatever else it is. You know, your place. I don't even know. I don't video games, whatever. I don't know if anybody's even into video games. But anyway, you're not going to get to take your stuff to heaven with you. But people will go. Paul continues to give thanks for the people that are in his life. Your iPhone is not going to heaven with you. You won't need it. <laughs> you know, I think if we, spent, if we spent as much time polishing our relationships as we did our toys and our house, if we spent more time taking care of the relationships with the people that are around us, you know, people, people are, are very uh, impeccable about their homes sometimes. They want everything to just be in such a, such in, in, in this way, and they want everything to just be fancy and whatever. That's not my house, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I like toys picked up, but you're not going to find that kind of stuff in my house. <laughs> you know, and, uh, but people can be so particular about the, about the stuff in their life, but yet they've got a really lousy, stinky attitude towards people towards people around them. You know, they, they might have impeccable, beautiful, shiny cars, but in the attitude of their soul, they're just constantly filled with unthankfulness. You know, Brother Hagen uh, said, said this. He says, anytime you're feeling mistreated, you know the devil is working on you. Think about it. And I'm not talking about the devil is, you know, working on you in a way that to help well, I'm going to say that in just a minute. I'll just wait. Anytime you're feeling mistreated or, oh, man, I can't believe they got that, and I was believing God for that. Any t I mean, has anyone ever had the devil working on you? Have you ever felt like you were mistreated? Because if you're not going to raise your hand, I know you're lying. You're in church. Everybody has. That's why everyone kept their hands down. That must be what it is. <laughs> You know, the devil is, uh, the Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. He likes to point out things to us. He likes to point out offenses. He likes to point out things that are going to cause us to stumble, doesn't he? He likes to point out things to us that, so that we have an opportunity to complain, to complain about it. You know, either with our words, we're going to glorify God with the things that we say, or we're going to glorify the enemy, but there is no middle ground. The words that are coming out of our mouth are going to glorify one of those two people. And, to, you know, uh, let's go over to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 17. Jesus says the key to our victory is in our thanksgiving. It's in our thanksgiving. It's, it's in our giving thanks to him and to his name. It's a story where Jesus cleanses the ten lepers in Luke 17 verse 11. And we'll read through verse 19. I'm not trying to make you feel bad today, promise. <laughs> In uh, Luke chapter 17, verse 11, it says, On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers, who stood at a distance 
and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Here is a group of friends who didn't even probably like each other, but they had to be friends with one another because they had this disease in common. They didn't even get to choose their friends. They was just like, oh, you've got it? Okay, come on, you're with us. <laughs> We're over here. Okay? They didn't even have any other friends other than their other leprous friends. You know? And the Bible speaks that uh, when Jesus gave them something to do, when he said, go show yourselves to the priest, as they went, the Bible tells us that they were healed. Something happened in their body. You know, you might be on your way in the process of obeying the Lord in something, but as long as you continue on in that process, your blessing is going to come. Whatever it is, you know, uh, it's, and it's not like, oh, I'm so, I'm so thankful that the Lord forgave me and blessed me with this car because now I can go see the Rocky Mountains. I can go do this. I can do this. I can do this. And we take the blessing that God's given us in, we, we start on this path and a blessing comes and we just stop. We stop there. God has so much more. You know, there's only one of those lepers that went, that stopped and went, whoa, I'm healed. And the Bible says that he ran back and he fell on his face before Jesus and he began to give thanks for what God had done for him. And Jesus looked around. I'm glad Jesus didn't get mad. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't get mad and go, well, where'd the rest of them go? Forget it. I'm taking it back. <laughs> where'd the rest of them? I'm glad he didn't get mad. But uh, he, says, um, he says, you know, where are the other ten? Only one, or the other nine, only one returned? You know, he didn't give up and he didn't quit because the other nine didn't come say thank you. You know, uh, was, it, was it you who, who said that, you know, the ministry would be easy if it wasn't for people? Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes, I'll just be honest because you're not my congregation, our congregation. Uh, it can be really frustrating sometimes. It's, it's really easy as, as, as a pastor to get frustrated with the people who aren't there on Sunday. I had, I, I texted our sound man this morning and said, can you count? Because we've got a guest minister. Can you count how many people? He sends me the number and we're like, oh, where is everybody? <laughs> it's easy to get frustrated with the people that aren't there than to just be thankful for who God has sent there at that point. You know, you can't cure everyone else's unthankfulness, but you can cure yours. I can't make someone else be thankful but I can, I can take care of my own heart. You know, some believe that, yes, these nine lepers, that they were cleansed and healed, but that this one who came back and fell before Jesus' feet and began to give thanks was fully restored. And I tend to agree with that. Something else had to have happened, I believe, because God's just that good. And, uh, um, you know, some people stop at a portion of their salvation. 
You know, it, one of the lessons we had in Kid Nation years ago was like we talked about the salvation combo and we used a, a Happy Meal as our guide so the kids could remember it. And uh, the French fries were what, buddy? What were the fries? No. That's okay. Wisdom was, wisdom was part of it. But the, there were healing fries. There were the apples of provision. There was the toy was the relationship that we receive uh, with God. There was the burger uh, was wisdom. There was the box was the protection. And there's another one. I can't remember what it was. But there was like, there were like six things uh, together in that. All of those things come to us with salvation. But sometimes we just stop with, oh, God, I'm so glad that you saved me. But yet healing is there for us. Deliverance is there for us. Protection is there for us. Wisdom, dear God, give us wisdom. More than anything else. And, uh, you know, the, uh, some people just get really happy with just being saved. But there's more. There's so much more. And uh, we're going to go over to Psalm 107 in just a moment. And we're going to finish up there. You know, I want to encourage you today to give thanks for the people that God's placed in your life. And when I say give thanks, I don't just mean to God. I mean to them. You know, I, I, sometimes I feel like I'm a broken record sometimes. Uh, every once in a while I'll get on this, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll send a text message or a message to Pastor Scott and Tanya and just say thank you so much for all that you invested in me. And maybe they're probably, I mean, and, and of course then in my mind I'm sitting there thinking they're probably like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, we've heard that before. <laughs> But I, I mean it, you know, from, from the small white church, from everything that this church has invested in me personally growing up and, uh, you know, in children's church, um, you know, from everything that, 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 that they've taught me uh, from the Bible, you know, the, the day that Pastor Tanya came and said, I think you're supposed to take over the piano. And I went, oh, <laughs> for the ways that, that they challenged me to grow there for the ways that they just loved me when I was stupid which happened quite a bit (laughs) (laughs) thank you (laughs) no Uh, you know Matt likes to Matt likes to laugh when he talks about you know uh, this church and he says you know he goes my wife was delivered of so many things as a, as a young person he said she came forward for every altar call and I'm like I did didn't I it didn't I think I probably got saved at the at the altar in this church probably about a good 20 times I was delivered from like adultery and all kinds of stuff before I was ever like 10 you know it was like there was an altar call that came down because I wanted to make sure I was covered <laughs> And, uh, but you know what? It was at this altar one night. (laughs) It was at this altar one night when Pastor Scott just opened up the altar and said, if you need to come down and you just need to see you're seeking God about anything. And I went down and I was in college and I was frustrated and I was skipping classes. Kids don't do that. Uh, But (laughs) I was, I was, I was, I was not happy. And I remember it was right over on this side and I was sitting here and I said to the Lord, God, I'm so frustrated. You know, I was really good at accounting. I thought I was supposed to be doing accounting and things. And I was, God, I'm so frustrated. And it was right up here where the Lord spoke to me and said, well, when are you going to ask me what I want you to do with your life? And I literally went, Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I believe that on the inside, I always knew that I was going to be in the ministry. I always knew that I was going to be a pastor's wife. And, 
And I always knew that, but I didn't know how it was going to happen. I didn't know. And it was right up here that God said, I want you to go to Ramah. And I said, what on earth is Ramah? And I, I sincerely, I thought it was just because at the time Pastor Tim and Susan were here and Angie was talking about going. And I for a while thought, oh, surely I'm only thinking of this because Angie's going. You know, it must, it must just be that. But it just kind of continued to grow in my heart that that's what I was supposed to do. And that the timing was right. I almost switched and went to another school, and then I wouldn't have met Matthew. And, uh, but it was here in this church that I was taught the word of God, that I have my foundation. I'm so thankful for these two. Beyond thankful. I'm not looking at them so I don't cry. <laughs> I spent a lot of time at their house. <laughs> And, uh, and then the girls just endured me in Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes it's easy to get frustrated with people. But we need to look for something to be thankful for. Instead of, instead of getting upset for all the people, or at all the people who have been unthankful. Maybe, you, maybe you're just this really generous person and no one's ever said thank you to you. It's really easy to get unthankful with that person. With those, it's a lot easier actually to find faults in people than it is to find things to be thankful for you know the uh, I'm so thankful for what I was taught here I'm so thankful for you two and the way that you uh, the way that you love me the way that you did and through everything <laughs> despite everything <laughs> you know even in the most difficult situations you and I might not have all the answers of whatever it is but there is something we can still give thanks to God. Even if the only thing you can think to give thanks to God for today is that you're not going to hell. Is it one pastor woke up this morning, one morning and say it because I'm going to mess it up. is it not you know Paul said in everything in everything give thanks give thanks our thanksgiving connects us to the sacrifice that Jesus made for us you know the Bible says that the secret things belong to the Lord things that are revealed there are some things we're never going to know this side of heaven and we have to be okay with that and still be able to stand and thank him uh, through through the rest and uh, you know, there's the story of uh, John Osteen when he was, um, he died when he was like, what, in his late 70s, I think it was. And uh, so here's, here's a minister who impacted the world with, with, with preaching, and, and uh, uh, his ministry is very far-reaching. And uh, the last several years of his life, he became very sick, and he had a, lo a, lot, of, uh, a lot of pain, and he just went through a tremendous fight. And, uh, but he was, and he was a preacher. And he did what the Lord told him to do, and he impacted many lives for, for, for the kingdom. And uh, his, his son-in-law actually would stay with him and kind of served him as much as he could. And he says one day his son-in-law looked at him and said, Dad, do you ever wonder where God is in situations like this? Do you ever wonder where God is when you're suffering like this? And he said, John Osteen just lifted up his voice in his hands and said, I know this, his mercy endures forever. 
in a situation like that where it had gone on for years, he still chose to give thanks. And those were the last words he said before he passed. Continue to give thanks. I know this. My God is good and his mercy endures forever. When's the last time in the face of a challenge or a trial that you went straight to, oh, God, your mercy endures forever. Thank you, Father, that your mercies are new every morning. It's so much easier to point out the negative things. You and I are, nev- are not going to have all of the answers, and that's okay. We need to be okay with that. And, uh, but we do have so much to be thankful for. So much to be thankful for. The people God's placed in your life, don't just say thank you to God in the quiet. Go to that person and say, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful that God's placed you in my life. Don't allow the devil to put, to put out your thanksgiving. Don't allow him to do it. We know that when, uh, when Paul and Silas were in prison, the Bible said that they sang hymns and, uh, and, they, gave, and they gave thanks to the Lord. And the Bible says that other prisoners heard them. That means they must have lifted up their voice. They must have. And it didn't say that they sang songs and then the power of God fell. It says that when they began to give thanks to God, that the power of God came down and it filled the prison and it shook the prison. And not just their own shackles fell off, but the doors of everyone else around them were affected. Amen? Other people are set free by your thanksgiving. Other people are on the other side of your obedience to the word of God. On the other side of my obedience to the word of God. Let's take a look at Psalm 107. We're going to just read through a portion of this. You can win great battles and great victories just by giving thanks. You know, on Facebook, if you're on Facebook, in the month of November, everybody likes to go. They do this like, oh, 30 days of thankfulness or something like that. That really irritates me. So if you do it, whatever, don't worry about it. I'll just hide you for the month of November. But, <laughs> but because it's like they're like, well, let's take one month of the year and let's be thankful every day. Well, what happens to the other 11 months of the year? When you don't hear any sort of gratefulness coming out of their heart for, for the family in their life, for whatever it is, I don't, it just, I don't know, rubs me the wrong way. But uh, there's so much more for us to be thankful for. We ought to be thankful for more than just the month of November. In Canada, it ought to be October because that's when we have our Thanksgiving. But, yeah. Uh, Psalm 107 says this, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in the desert wastes, finding no way... Uh, no way to a city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty, and their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. Have you ever cried to the Lord in the middle of something, and God delivered you from that? If you haven't, you should try it. (laughs) And the verse 7 says, He led them by a straight way till they reached the city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. I'm reading fast on purpose. Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God. What? He just delivered you. What are you doing? You're rebelling after he's already delivered you? For they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. And what do they do in verse 13? They cry out. They cried out to the Lord in distress. And what did he do? He saved them. 
He saved them. And then it says, verse 14, he brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death burst their bonds apart. And you can kind of continue through there. Verse 15, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love. And it goes on in verse 17, some were fools through their sinful ways and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They da 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 And verse 19, and they cried out to the Lord in distress. <laughs> and he delivered them every single time. Every single time. And I'm so thankful that the many times I've missed it, that I, come, that I come back to God and say, God, I'm so sorry. I was stupid. I just, I, I don't know what I was thinking. I missed it. And he just says, it's okay, hon. It's all right. And he restores me and he delivers me. Amen? How many times has he turned things around for you and I and delivered us out of our own disobedience, our own choice to step out of his will and his word? How many times has he done that for you? That's something to give thanks to the Lord for. Amen. Uh, you know, when you, get, when you begin to get thankful, the devil's going to run. You can put him on the run with your thankfulness, with your praise. The Bible, and, you know, the Bible says, you know, not to let the sun go down on your wrath. And right after that, it says that neither give place to the devil. You see, when you go to bed and you're upset with somebody else for whatever it is, whether they're being ungrateful or whatever it might be, when you go to bed that way, the devil's just got the whole night to work on you. I can tell you how many times, um, you know, I might, I might sit there, uh, I don't want to say how many times because it doesn't happen that frequently, really. But, you know, if something happens, you know, before we go to sleep and I'm laying in bed and on the inside, I'm just like, you know, I'm just upset about something. I got to get myself out of bed, and I got to go fix myself. And then if I come back and he's awake, I fix it with him. Don't let, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Neither give any place to the devil. When we allow those frustrations and that unthankfulness to sit there and dwell and fester, it will become uglier than homemade sin. You know, you have to deal with those things fast because it will poison your life. It will poison your life and your future. You know, people who usually can, can thank God through everything usually irritate other people. <laughs> you want to irritate people just for fun? Just try it. Just give thanks to God in everything in front of them. Some of you are laughing because you're imagining it, aren't you? And you're imagining the people that you'd like to try it to. But <laughs> all glory to God. God's good. I'm good, you know. But man, but you, your foot's like all green. I know, but praise the Lord. He's my healer. <laughs> but, but you smell <laughs> whatever it is, you know. You know, the Bible also says that when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, praying in other tongues is another way to give thanks to God. That's a, that, that's a great way to give thanks. I mean, we ought to give thanks in English first. We know that. We ought not go straight to tongues and just praying in tongues because we need to be able to give thanks to God with our understanding. Amen? But then when you run out of things, when I'm praying, if I run out of things to give thanks to the Lord for, you know what I do? I begin to pray in tongues, and God reminds me of things I ought to say out loud that I'm thankful for or that I ought to give him praise for. And then I go back to English, and then I might go back to tongues again and begin to pray in tongues again, and God brings something else up in my heart to thank him for, whatever it is. So there are so many things that we have to be thankful for, stuff that we don't even pay attention to. In 1 Corinthians, it says that when you're praying in tongues, it says uh, there's a portion of the verse that says, Verily, when you do that, you give thanks well. You give thanks. If you don't have anything else nice to say, my dad always used to say, don't say nothing at all. <laughs> but I'm telling you, pray in the Holy Ghost. God will give you something nice to say, no matter how ugly the other person is on the inside. You know, Paul and Silas, when they were in prison, they didn't sit there and complain.
plain. Oh, these are really tight. Are yours really tight? Oh, mine are really tight. I know, mine are just, oh, they're itching. They're chafing my skin. Sometimes we can get into a complaining battle. Oh, yeah, you think that's bad? Check this out. This is what happened to me. Oh, yeah, you think that's bad? Well, guess what happened to me? And we can get in this, this thing, like, trying to outdo each other's bad luck or whatever you want to call it, you know? But, uh, but the Bible says, like we said, is that when you and I begin to give thanks to the Lord and acknowledge him in our life, when we give thanks and we begin to acknowledge him, our sacrifice, the things that we're speaking, connect ourselves to the sacrifice that Jesus made. And that's a perfect sacrifice. That's a perfect sacrifice. When you begin to lift your voice in thanks and thanks and praise and thanksgiving to God, there is blood on your voice. The blood of Jesus is on your voice, is on your words, in what you're saying. And if Jesus gave us the sacrifice of his life, our part is to offer him the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving that's due to him. Amen. You know, if you have children, you know that being thankful, it's not automatic. It's not automatic for them. They have to learn it. But sometimes as adults, we have to learn to be thankful too. We have to remind ourselves for that. You know, uh, Dr. Lillian B. Yeomans has a book. I think it's, it's called The Praise Cure. But she speaks in that book just talking about it. She said, you know, she's countless examples of people who have praised their way out of diseases that the doctor said were incurable. Doctors said that they, there is no way, there is no medical thing for you. Uh, it's, and they just began to give thanks to the Lord. And they did it continually on a regular basis. And God was able to come in and completely heal their bodies and restore their bodies. There is something to our praise and our thanksgiving. You know, husbands and wives, we have to learn to be thankful for each other. We have to learn to be thankful for each other. We have to. You know, sometimes the people that are closest to us, it's easiest to see their faults and failures. And no one can tick you off like family. Isn't that truth? My brothers did it this week, and I'm like, really? One day with you. One day with you. <laughs> Nobody can get under your skin like your brothers or your sisters or your mother or whoever it is. Well, guess what? You're a family in this place. And there is no one who's going to get on your nerves more than someone in this building. Don't let it happen. Don't let it be that way. You know, um, when, you, when you and I take the opportunity to just open our heart and to give thanks to the Lord for everything that he's done, it connects us to our faith. And our, that faith will, uh, uh, will win us great victories in life. You know, those that are around you, thank, uh, thank them for their part in your life while you have the opportunity to do so. You ought to leave here today and go home and make a whole bunch of phone calls or stop by people's house. You know, husbands and wives, we need to express our thanks to each other. We need to. So we need to apologize sometimes for being unthankful and ungrateful. You know, it'll, it does us good to apologize. And sometimes maybe all it takes is us apologizing a couple times to get us to start watching our words. Because sometimes apologizing is not always that comfortable, right? I'm sorry. <laughs> a few of those uncomfortable moments, you'll start watching your mouth. It works. <laughs> 
You know, I, I heard, I heard, I don't remember who it was. Uh, it was a lady minister she was talking about. She said there's one day that her two teenage girls, they got in a fight with each other, and they're arguing and back and forth, and they just decided, we're just not talking to each other. I'm not talking to you. So the one decided she was giving the other one the silent treatment. And so the mom is sitting on the couch, and she's just doing whatever she's doing, reading a book or something. And the one who decided to give the other one the silent treatment uh, comes and snuggles up close to her. Mom, I love you. Oh, you're just the best mom ever. And she just begins to pour all this praise on her mom. And her mom looked at her and went, I'm not impressed. She said, I think God's that way. Come to God and say, God, I love you so much. And you might try to pour out your heart before God. And God's like, oh, really? You love me? What about this over here? Go take care of this over here. God's not impressed by our words. He's impressed by our actions as well. You know, Jesus said, Jesus even said in, did I mark it down here? In Matthew 5.23, he says, so if you're offering your gift at the altar and you remember that your brother has something against you, go and be reconciled. Leave your gift there and go be reconciled to your brother before you offer your gift. Our thanksgiving or our not being thankful, our unthankfulness will affect our gifts. You might give every time the offering bucket comes by, God, I just thank you for this, and I just believe God for this, and then you go out and you treat everybody else like garbage for the rest of the week. Your gift is not going to have as much effect. It is attached to your gift. Jesus said, go to your brother. It'll affect your giving and your tithing. It will affect your blessing. And remember that confession always precedes the blessing. It preceded your salvation. It, you had to say something before, before, uh, before you were born again. You're going to have to say a lot of, depending on what the report is from the doctors, maybe you're going to need to say a lot of things for a while. Thanking God for a lot of things before that situation turns itself around. And you do it in faith. You're holding fast to that profession. Don't let unthankfulness, don't let dissensions between you and someone else rob you of the blessing of God. You know, you might think that you're spiritually advanced in some, in some of these areas, but in this area of giving thanks, we, we can always step it up. Amen? Amen. So have, have you thought of people that you're going to go home and call? I won't call you today because I already said it. <laughs> I'll text you later. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I hope that you've been challenged. I really do. Let's do this. Let's go ahead and stand if that's all right. Let's just stand and let's just begin to give thanks to the Lord. Like we said, there is no such thing as unexpressed thanks. And you must use your mouth. You must use your voice. And so begin, just begin to lift up your hands, lift up your voice before God. It doesn't matter who hears you next to you. Maybe you need to say, God, I thank you for the person standing next to me because they need to hear it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father. We're so thankful, Lord. Oh, come on. You got a louder voice than that. I know you do. Hallelujah, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, for the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, for the sacrifice that you made for us, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for all things being made new when we come to you, Father. I thank you, Father God, that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Father God, it never changes. It never comes to an end. Lord God, I thank you 
Father, that you are my glory and the lifter of my head. Hallelujah. Sometimes you got to stir it up on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Father God, I thank you, Father, for this church. Father, I thank you for our pastors. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the anointing that rests upon them and rests in this place, Father God. We thank you, Father, for supplying every need, Father, of this church. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for, for that you are my Savior, that you are my Redeemer. There is no end to your thanksgiving, so if you've run out, you need to ask God to help show you something else on the inside because there is more for you to thank God for. Hallelujah, Lord God. Hallelujah, Father God. I thank you, Father, that your love endures forever, that your love endures forever. If all you can think of is, God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for saving me, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. Father, I thank you that every morning that I wake, Father, that your mercies are new. Your mercies are new, Father God. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for my family. I thank you, Father God, for my healing. Hallelujah, Lord. God, I thank you, Father, that you've always come through for me. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise your name, Father God. Thank you, Father, for making us so fearfully and wonderfully made. Hallelujah, Lord. I just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for those that you've placed in our path, Father, to speak to our hearts, to lead us, Father God, to guide us, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Father. We thank you even for those unlovely people right now. <laughs> It's harder to thank God for them, but you can do it. Hallelujah. You can, even be, you can even name them by name. And if it's your spouse, you might want to take a step to the side and say their name. But God, we thank you, Father, even for those unloving people, those ungrateful people, Father, that are in our lives, Lord. We're so thankful, Father, that they're, that they're alive and that, Father, that your son died for them as well. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus, for the blood of Jesus, Father, that cleanses us from all sin, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, you just begin to speak in other tongues. Father, your word says, search me and know my heart. Father, point out anything in me that offends you, Lord. As you increase your thanksgiving towards the Lord, the situations are going to turn around. Hallelujah. Maybe not in the natural, you're not going to see it right away. But as you continue to give thanks to him, even when you leave this place, those situations will change. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. 
Hallelujah. Say that with me. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Say it again. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Do it again. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.